1: drunk women solving crime my name is hannah george and i'm a screenwriter i'm joined by author and comedian katie wilkins hello and writer comedian taylor glenn hello this is where absinthe meets arson negroni meets necrophilia and grand marnier meets grand theft auto it's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime coming up on drunk women solving crime well so and so was very sweary about their near-death experience (laughs) I was a bit concerned we were doing a story that wasn't a crime but we got that so um, <laughs> and he, and he, he, got got he got his period he got his period he said in
0: love and it was a guess I had a dick of Venetian glass yeah. Yeah. now it's time for drunk women solving in crime.
1: Welcome to another lockdown edition of Drunk Women Solving Crime. Today we are joined by journalist and broadcaster you will know from How Clean Is Your House and Storage Hoarders, it's Aggie McKenzie. Hello. Aggie, we only asked one question on this podcast and that is, have you ever been the victim of a crime? Actually, I have. I have, I have. It was a long, long time ago. So I was about
2: 13 and my sister was 15 and we were at home alone. My parents had gone on holiday with the younger sister and it was in the summer holidays. And basically, so my oldest sister, um, she had a date. And um, we lived a mile from the village. So I was going to walk her into the village to, so she could meet her date. On the way into the village, this sports car, very flash sports car, pulled up. And the driver said, Would you like a lift, girl? And I said, Oh, Ooh. no. I think Yeah. I'm, I'm, getting into, <laughs> I'm getting into that flash car. <laughs> My sister's going, I, No, 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 no. We'll walk. No, we're fine. We're fine. I went, like, Come on, come on a really nice car. She went, oh, right there. So I shoved her into the back. She was all squashed up. Now I was sitting in the front like Lady Mark. And, oh, uh, my God. And then, and then so the driver, you know, he, got, he you know, got really fast. And he got faster and faster and faster. And at the end of the road, this is this kind of, you know, key junction. I thought, when's he going to slow down? He should be slowing oh, down no. right now. <laughs> God. And Christine in the back is going, slow down. Down, anyway, he didn't slow down, and we just went straight into the bank ahead, and she was unconscious in the back. And I was like, Oh my god, he had legged it, the driver. And then the next thing, the police were there, and the ambulance was there. And when I'm nervous, I get the giggles. So I was giggling stupidly. My sister was unconscious. The police were going, What's going on? And the ambulance driver and his wife were there. Now, because it's a, it was a very uh, small community, I knew the ambulance driver and his wife. And my sister, she came round, and she was, because she was concussed, she was a bit kind of delirious. And she was going, huh, what's going on, what's going on? And I told her and she went, fucking bastard, she said. And I was so <laughs> mortified that she was swearing in front of the ambulance driver and his wife, who were like, you know... Church-going citizens. I was, oh my God, Christy, please don't swear. That's a, that was the worst thing about it—that she was swearing in front of wow. these. Uh, and that's the power of the church. I know. Right anyway, <laughs> so of course the parents had to come back from holiday. Christy was in hospital. She was actually okay, but what happened oh, well, was thank that goodness. we didn't know this, but the driver of the car—it wasn't his car at all. He would borrowed it <gasps> without permission he was already on his driving ban and you know what he got six months in jail for what he did.
1: Wow, <laughs> yeah, well
2: I would, have, I would have given him more to be honest That's It's
0: lucky it was only six months I mean that sounds like uh. I know, and my sister now That's a like attempted months- manslaughter
2: really isn't it? Like <laughs> We weren't called as witnesses but we were kind of we were a bit frightened that he was going to, when he got out of jail he'd come looking for us <laughs> and do something but he did nothing
0: happen So oh. Aggie, do you have trouble getting into strangers' cars now, has that
2: affected your ability to hitchhike <laughs> in actually some I know, way? it's amazing isn't it in those days back in the 70s everyone hitchhiked we used to hitchhike home from college and get into strangers cars and I mean thank god nothing happened apart from the again but it, it was the know, norm right it's just yeah, what you did it was that's right yeah uh, nowadays wow. hmm, no not so much not so much but I'm not invited into strangers cars anymore Sadly.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, it's a phase of life. I love that your sister's comment, like she's coming out from a coma. I had a date. exactly.
1: Bastard.
0: (laughs) Must have been a hell of a
1: date. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stuck on this, like, paramedic and his wife. Yeah. I love the family business being like an ambulance. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, I know. And because
2: then, actually, the... Uh, so I was at school with the son of the paramedic uh, the ambulance driver and his wife so I knew them and I was like so embarrassed that she was swearing it was like the worst thing
3: <laughs> but were they not like hey you've had a massive accident go nuts <laughs> say every word it's fine
2: yes well it had to be it totally had to be
0: they there are real pros and cons to a small community because sometimes as a Londoner, I miss a small community. But having to worry about your manners when you're on the brink of death, <laughs> that's one of the downsides of a small yeah, community. Exactly. It's just a whole lot of, wow, everybody's watching
2: everything. <laughs> exactly, you. and it will be reported and shared amongst the community. And judgment will be made, totally.
3: <laughs> well, so-and-so was very sweary about their near-death experience. <laughs> exactly. What kind of, Aggie, what kind of car was it? I
0: know that's not important, but do you remember what it was? Something
2: like a, MGB Roadster. Very chic in the 70s. Oh, oh. Actually, no, this was... The Any thing of us this would have related. gotten in that. Of course we would have done. And the top was down, for God's sake. Amazing.
1: Oh, yeah. come on. Is that how he broke in? He just, like, literally went and sat in it. Like, I've always thought about open top car. How did he get the keys? Anyway, yeah, he didn't have permission to drive. Well, we say to um, everyone that comes on the podcast, if you had the person who um, committed the crime against you, so this guy with you now... like, in front of you, what would you say to him now, like, if he was there? I'd say, you lily-livered so-and-so,
2: jumping out of the car and pissing (laughs) off. What about those two girls that were left in the car? Didn't think about them, did you? No, just thought about himself. Totally selfish. So I would have given him a bit of a... Anyway, he knew that he was going to get into trouble. Yeah, what was he thinking of not slowing down? I don't know. Anyway... Too late was the word. Yeah. yeah. Do you think he was intoxicated at all? or was I just have no, joy-rising? I can't remember actually, quite possibly. Maybe that's why he took the car. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we're, we're, we're putting together a profile and this guy, yeah. yeah. Doesn't seem like a cool dude. Mm. It sounds like there were not
0: enough extracurricular activities in the village. Maybe he was just
1: you can't base you, know... you can't like blame this on a lack of a youth club. Taylor. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, because actually this it was, was really Moore, There
1: was so much going
2: on. Abby really? Moore in its heyday, was it was like absolutely heaving with young guys because it was basically it was like a sort of in the winter time it was a ski resort. And in the summer, everyone hung out. Oh. So in the 60s, when I was, um, there were a thing, such a thing as the 60s, girls.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you, were, <laughs> you, were,
0: you were
2: like two you, years old. Your parents will remember them. And anyway, so uh, <laughs> so what happened was everyone, all these boys used to pile into Abbey at the weekends. Oh, my God. It was amazing. And wow. um, so, yeah. <laughs> There were so many more boys than girls, it didn't matter how fat or spotty you, you were as a girl, you could always get a lumber because there were so many books. And it was just like fantastic, it was just brilliant. Awesome. And I was one of those fat and spotty girls, so it was like, yeah, you could get off with someone who was really handsome. It's like, great. Great oh oh my gosh, you're like,
3: you're like the Scottish Aspen. This is amazing. It was. It was it I was, love this. Absolutely. But, like crossed with the free love and like Woodstock.
2: I know it was the yes, 60s version. Do you want to hear another story about Abbey Moore? So, yes, please. So, one that you see, oh, you're all too young to remember a DJ called Stuart Henry. Anyway, he came to Abbey Moore one night. It was in the summer holidays and there was a disco and everyone was going to the disco, and my mum drove uh, my sisters and I down to the disco, and we went to the disco, and I was in um, a very um, conservative dress, it was one of those shirt dresses with a chain belt, and during the course of the disco, Stuart Henry decided that he was going to do, conduct a, a mini skirt competition. Now, Oh, there was a girl in my class. Yeah, no, this is the sixties. Remember, girl in my class called Jean Alexander, who had the longest legs. And I thought, hmm, Jean Alexander's going to win this competition. No, she's not. No, she's not. So I got the the um, the, the the shirt dress, and I hiked it over oh, the chain belt, no. and I just covered my eyes. Just covered my eyes. <laughs> No, you didn't. I did. And then, so we were all lined (laughs) up, and Stuart Henry had this measuring tape. And guess what? (gasps) I won the competition.
0: Yes, you (laughs) did. I did. I
3: did. did. Wait, are we supposed to chew this this or not? (laughs) Yes, because at this point, this was the revolution. It was. Yes. I was absolutely thrilled.
2: Now, my prize for winning the competition was a. PP Arnold LP. You probably haven't heard about PP Arnold or even LPs. Isn't it... but...
3: <laughs> I know what an LP is. i had a Chesney Hawks LP. R- I'm in the club. Anyway, I'm very, just very young. So, so I, don't I was, yeah, Hannah's super young.
0: The rest of us use CGI. <laughs>
3: yeah. so, wow.
2: Well, so came know... out of, so came out of the disco, went down uh, the hill, and our mum was there waiting in the car to pick us up. And I had this LP in my hand. Of course, the skirt by then was down to the knees again. Just pull it back down. And she said, oh, what's that LP from? I said, oh, I won a competition. What competition was that? Oh, miniskirt. Well, co- oh, your skirt's not that short. No, man, it's not. And the <laughs> next day, the next day, it was page three in the daily record this picture oh, of me with my,
3: my skirt up to my <laughs> so arm oh,
2: oh my god I got <laughs> absolute hell from my mother what on earth will your granny say about this you extremely happy <laughs> <laughs> huh? she loves the
0: daily record you've ruined it for her <laughs> wait is this how page 3 got started it was like women rigging the mini skirt competition and then it turned into boobs eventually
2: possibly possibly is this the and origin story the funny thing was at the time I was—I think I was 13 but I think Rupert reporter thought I can't put the fact that she's 13 I think he put my age down as maybe 14 or 15 but he put me down as older than I actually was <laughs> Wow. Like,
1: you 14 were... is better than 13. I was. You a big... were 13? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Amazing. everyone used to... Amazing. I know, I know, I know. I was a bit concerned we were doing a story that wasn't a crime, but we got that. So... <laughs> <laughs> now it's time. Drunk women solving crime. So today we're talking about a Venetian spy who toured Europe and partook in brawls, seductions and violent practical jokes, Ooh. which are oh. the best, the best kind, I guess. <laughs> he associated with royalty, cardinals and big names such as Voltaire and Mozart. <gasps> so Whoa. first question, anybody got any idea who this guy is? You will definitely have heard of him. Oh, oh, okay. I'm going to be
3: wrong, but I'm going to say the Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> is he not fictional? No, he's real. He was are oh, you guys. Come on. <laughs> We've got the Scarlet Pimpernel for, for one, for Katie. Taylor? We've all heard of this Venetian scoundrel.
2: Yeah. Puccini. I have no idea. <laughs> Maggie, do, you do you say porcini thoughts? i'll say porcini as well no i've got absolutely no, pucini, no.
1: but porcini is even better I, <laughs> the
2: mushrooms i've got absolutely no idea i'm sorry
1: <laughs> aggie just before we go on as well like i saw on your wikipedia page it said that you were once worked for mi6 yeah i did is actually right? i'm not proud of it but i did <gasps> i know did you i know
2: when i first came to london in the 70s that was my first job working
1: Came for MI6. What? Wow. How did they see the pictures in the Daily Record and they just <laughs> thought, let's get that gal. <laughs> Must have I don't know how I ever got the job because I'm so kind of
2: not in that league and not, not that not suited at all. They couldn't have done the research very well. Even though they did send people up to North of Scotland to interview the manager of this shop
3: that I worked at the weekends and the headmistress and all the rest of it,
2: I got the job. I did stay wow. there for about two years. Yeah. It sounds wow. like
3: they did loads of research and you were perfect for the job. Wasn't. I totally wasn't. And it's not that I'm indiscreet
2: <laughs> or anything like that. But <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I know. And it was interesting. But um, I decided that actually I didn't want to ever go and work in an embassy
1: Mm. or be a spy. It's not me. Do you know what? I think it takes a very specific type of person. And this guy that we're talking about is not known for being a spy because this we're talking about Casanova. Oh, Oh, my God.
3: The actual Casanova.
1: Actual Casanova. The guy that
3: everyone's referencing when they go, what a Casanova.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the minute that your husband or boyfriend does anything slightly romantic and you go, oh, Casanova, that guy.
3: I'm not sure
0: I knew he was not fictional until this moment (laughs) in
3: time. He he was a real
1: guy and we know quite a lot about him because he wrote an autobiography um, and the autobiography, yeah, but it mostly just details his romantic liaisons uh, with powerful women rather than his spying or when he escaped jail or any of these other crazy things he did. Um, But does anyone want to hazard a guess at what his autobiography was called? I'm a Casanova.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It was called You'll Reference Me. (laughs) Yeah. Your Boyfriend Wishes.
0: (laughs) Nova, the lover.
1: Ooh, yeah, like. But in Italian, so, the lover. The bad news is is it's very boring. It was called Story of My Life.
3: I mean, come, oh, come on. on. That's oh, a one it sounds
1: direction. Like and that doesn't yeah. imply porn at all. But if we start at the big at the story of his life at the beginning, Giacomo Casanova was born in Venice in 1725. Um, wow. And as a child, Casanova's parents were actors um, and would be away touring. And until he went to boarding school, Casanova was brought up mostly by his gran. He'd suffer quite badly with nosebleeds, uh, so his grandma sought help. Um, who do you think she sought help from? For nosebleeds in the in the eighteenth century, the, the, the priest, <laughs> the pope,
0: the priest, yeah, priest, pope, take your pick.
1: It's someone. It's not a priest or a pope. Ooh, oh, a witch. Do you know what, Katie, you're spot on. It was a witch. Oh, Wow. And Casanova um, said in his own words, leaving the gondola, we enter a hovel where we find an old woman sitting on a pallet with a black cat in her arms and five or six others around her. Mm. How do you imagine a witch, isn't it? Um, But because he wrote everything down and he had this autobiography, we know that this is what happened. Um, I mean,
3: we know this is what he said happened.
1: (laughs) This is the thing. This is like history but being... this
3: wasn't a cliche yet. I feel like this is this is
0: great.
1: Cats, a witch, this is awesome. Um, so the spell didn't work because that's it's witchcraft. Um, but Casanova was fascinated by the incantation and this started a lifelong fascination with the occult. So oh. mm-hmm. mm, he was mm-hmm. into that. Um, but he was also an intelligent guy and he entered the University of Padua at quite a young age. How old do you think... He was when he entered university. Clue, he was younger than Aggie when she won a miniskirt 14. competition.
0: Oh, oh my younger. God. I was like
3: 14. No, oh, you would have been I'm 11. Be 12. You can't be that much younger. 11, 11 12, I
1: guess. 11. He was 12.
3: Um,
1: That's what um, I said, right? Yeah, Katie's right. Yes, Katie, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> <Have a wiggle. laughs> she is a thirsty bitch, isn't she? Yes. <laughs> but um yes so that meant he graduated age 17 with a degree in law and you just think that's not the guy you want representing you is it
0: no not really
1: doogie casanova not so much (laughs) he'd be quite bright wouldn't he yeah to get a law degree at 17 but interestingly he didn't want to be a lawyer he actually wanted to do something else um but it wasn't law at this point. What do you think he actually screw wanted to do? Screw women. women. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> Invent porn. Invent porn. Um, well, he wanted to become a doctor um, and he frequently prescribed Like his own I said, treatments.
0: screw women. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, he frequently prescribed his own treatments for himself and his friends, which... Right. That's a bit much, isn't it? Especially if he's into the occult, that worries me. Just, Yeah. What he's prescribing. Uh, So Casanova was one of these guys um, that we've talked about a few times in the podcast who basically had a crack at every single career. So in his lifetime, he was not limited to a lawyer, a clergyman, military officer, violinist, con man, pimp, dancer, businessman, (laughs) diplomat, spy... (laughs) politician, medic, mathematician, social philosopher, playwright, and writer. No, that's too many. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah.
2: God, sounds
3: like a blinking psychopath as well. Yes. (laughs) Do you know what? Thank you, Aggie. I was thinking psychopath. Well, on that note. I'm trying to
0: see which of the... I'm trying to think, like, which of those jobs would you be the worst at if you claimed you had done... All the other ones. It's <laughs> it's hard to say. Well probably therapist? The was he a therapist?
2: Yeah. Or, yeah. He needed one. <laughs>
0: yes he yes. did. Drunk women so
3: cry. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. But talking of him being a bit of a psychopath, um, we can go back to those violent practical jokes I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, So he became a violinist and this was quite a lowly job for him. Um, So he sort of did the practical jokes, I guess, to just distract himself. And he and his fellow musicians, and this is quotes now, often spent our nights roaming through different quarters of the city, thinking up the most scandalous practical jokes and putting them into execution. What sort of thing do you think 18th century Venetian scallywags got up to?
0: Oh, so are they preying on the impoverished? Is that what you're saying? No, they're not.
1: Not not impoverished people.
2: They'll probably throw people into the
3: canal. I don't know. Oh, yes. There is a yes. oh, canal yeah canal stuff yeah there's a lot of water fun to be had yeah and then i was just gonna
0: i was gonna veer
3: off i was
0: gonna just veer off on all the stereotypes like they
3: put a mask on them and they eat gelato well and then they 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 go in the canal canal or they say hey there were some dolphins here a minute ago
1: (laughs) (laughs) the promise of dolphins um well apparently they would untie gondolas um, oh. which would just drift away. Oh. Uh, so I mean, that's an expensive crime for the people that own the
3: gondolas. That's pretty good, though, isn't it?
0: <laughs> that's pretty good. I feel like I would do that.
3: That's pretty good. You just drift Taylor. off. I mean, you can
0: go save them, but they drift off.
3: It's, fi- it's a harmless... Do you think that's like the cow tipping of Venice?
1: <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. This is weird. They'd send doctors and midwives on false house calls. Oh
3: my God, that's like a fake pizza delivery. I mean, but where's worse. the joy like baby delivery?
0: Yeah, yeah there's no like, joy in that a baby. <laughs> no babies. <laughs> and then you like sit around the corner and watch them show up at the house. That's, that's oh boy.
3: People are bored.
1: Yes. It's like I mean, if,
3: you've, if you've got the brains to become a lawyer at 17, how is that still amusing to you? Aren't you like above that? Yeah,
0: Aggie, imagine if this guy had had a sports car. I'm just going to throw it out
2: there. <laughs> the 17th century.
1: <laughs> a sports yeah. gondola. They're
0: all Every open top. One, yes. Yeah. Every in one there. would have been getting in.
1: Yeah. Totally. <laughs>
2: Although the thing- On my back.
1: <laughs> I suppose the thing with a gondola is like, if you keep going in a gondola, you just go out to sea eventually rather than go into a hedge or anything which would be quite dangerous. But the most ridiculous thing that um, he did, at one point he dug up a freshly buried corpse to play a practical joke on an enemy and the victim was so frightened that he went into paralysis never to recover.
3: <laughs> Hilarious. Yay. That's great. This Good one. Yeah.
1: It's taking a dark turn. So a mm. bit of a psychopath, we think. Definitely. Mm. Hijinks. So he was quite lucky because what he did is um, he was not happy as a musician, um, but he had a stroke of luck when he saved the life of a member of a really wealthy family. Oh, God. He also probably tried to kill them first, right? I mean, he's a
3: psychopath.
1: (laughs) Right. He totally set this up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming. I mean, yeah, it did happen that the guy was in the same gondola as him. So I don't know what that (laughs) means. But
0: we shared a gondola. He was like, yeah, have some
1: peanuts. Oh, my God, I saved your life. Whatever. Well, this is what he used some of his medical knowledge um, to save his life. Um, Sorry. (laughs) But yeah, so because he was so young and he managed to save this guy's life um, and he didn't have a medical degree, rather than being like, oh, you were just trying your luck. Um, they concluded that he must be in possession of occult knowledge. So uh, oh my God. do you think Casanova went with that?
3: Hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, no one cares that his friend has died of paralysis at this point. They're all like, yay, he knew a cat once. He saved a guy's life, I guess. He's a witch, but we, like, a good male witch, so we're all on board. I mean... I can't work it out.
1: Aggie, any thoughts it, on... None whatsoever. <laughs> So basically, yeah, so he basically, Casanova through his life would have like patrons. So he'd have these rich people who he'd convince uh. the, the, them to give him money so he could basically live this life of Riley because he's so charismatic mm. and so kind of charming um, in a sociopathic
3: kind of way. Yeah. More charming, the psychopaths. Well, this is the thing. Exactly. Good con men mm. and good con men. We've mm-hmm. all met one of those, haven't we? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And well, some bad ones.
2: Well, they're all bad. <laughs> There's <continent.
3: laughs> men. Naughty boys. Um,
2: <laughs> so or, were
0: the men who would descend into your village, do you think any of them had this
2: sort of profile? I'm sure many because did. Because as much as you would, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, was a blimp. You know. I was only,
3: you know, 12, 13. <laughs> what did I know? God. You knew enough to win a mini skirt competition. I know. <laughs>
0: Hilarious. and landed a job with M.I.C. I feel like we just glossed over that. We're like, sure. She had a high level clearance from the government because she hoiked up her dress. Let's move on.
1: <laughs> that um, sounds fine. So Casanova kind of went with this idea that he was this sort of occultist and, uh, and he also claimed to be an alchemist. Um, so just to give you a ballpark of the kind of things he was saying, he claimed to be 300 years old at one point. Uh, which is interesting. What other things do you think that he would do? Didn't do a lot of shagging.
3: He did. He yeah, did. We know him for shagging. So, like, if he's not shagging, what the fuck is he doing? I know. <laughs> God, packed a lot in, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, I imagine if he's an alchemist, he's claiming he can turn shit into gold because that's my knowledge of alchemy. Yeah, he's really black. History. We don't get taught properly. So if he's treating people, I guess you've got this vulnerable population of sexy ladies Oh, but actually and he's only everyone's a super sick, aren't they? Everyone's got smallpox and the plague and stuff So everyone's super vulnerable and dying of syphilis and smallpox Except for him <laughs> Well, actually, how is he surviving <laughs> with his penis? With his gold penis Yes.
1: Ooh, the original Venetian glass was his <laughs> dick That's great <laughs> So he Very did... pretty um one noble woman uh, by saying that he could turn her into a young man that was something he claimed to be able to do um he also cr- okay wait did he... he do it what's the story there no it didn't he, happen he and said then... he
3: could do it and then what happened i know he, he just
1: didn't do it and then had to leave
3: town. and no one minded oh no he le- he left in a cloud of shame
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of he just travels to all of these different countries the whole time.
3: And what, lied and then left?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so he he said he could create diamonds from scratch. That's another thing.
3: What he did? I mean, basically,
1: he's a bit of bullshitter, really.
3: Yeah. Yes. Did he do a shit version of any of it, or he just lied and then left before anyone (gasps) could?
1: Well, that's what's interesting. One of his patrons. Sort of didn't believe what Casanova was doing, um, but saw an opportunity in Casanova's skills um, because he could tell everything with a straight face. He could just keep <laughs> a straight face. So you're right; he's just a bullshitter. That's completely what his whole thing was. But he then he get then he gets arrested and he's sent to jail for five years. But he's miserable because he shouldn't be in prison. Um, so he tries to escape. Um, How do you think he escapes prison? How do you think Casanova escapes prison? Um. With lube, like it just feels like he'd lube his way
0: out.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He
0: bribes one of the the, um, warders. Or seduces one of them. I feel like he'd be, apparently
3: he's so charming, he would seduce his way out of prison. I think he sets up like a wedding that he has to go to and then he hides in a flower arrangement and escapes,
1: like a furlough kind of thing oh very clever um but no what he does is it's, it's quite classic Is he um he's walking the prison grounds and he finds a piece of black marble and an iron bar <laughs> and basically he spent weeks sharpening the bar and he used it to try and um, gouge through the wooden floor underneath his bed but three days before he intended to escape something happened what do you think happened
3: was there a fire oh no good good guess they changed the poster of the pin-up girl <laughs> That's a good
1: answer, uh, Raquel Welsh. Telling me that, right? <laughs> um, Aggie, any, any? He got thoughts, his period. He got his period. Oh,
0: the, it comes at the worst time <laughs> when you're trying to escape. <laughs>
1: What happened is that he was moved to a different cell, a cell with a nicer view. <gasps> oh, that's a Why? good, good oh. fucker. Wait, I'm American, but I think that's
3: irony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> Woo!
1: <laughs> it's not good. Um, however, so he got moved out of that cell and that plan was completely scuppered. Wow. Um, so opposite him in his new cell was uh, Father Balby, who was a renegade priest. <gasps> What's um, a renegade oh. priest? A paedophile? I like. I need some clarification for a renegade. I yet. Yeah, do you know what? I I don't know exactly what this guy did. Breath control,
3: Katie. Like, like, birth he's got. Control. He's got a leather jacket. Like. <laughs> <my> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so Casanova still had the spike, um, um, which was carried to his new cell inside the armchair that he had in his prison cell, which I thought was.
3: Oh, he what the has fuck an armchair in prison! Is here. Everyone's dying of smallpox, and he's got an armchair in prison that they have to bring with him.
1: <laughs> I know. So basically, he's got this um, spike, and he needs to get it to the um, renegade priest. So how do you think he gets the spike from his cell to the priest's cell?
3: He he
0: has a better view, but maybe there's also a better
1: trajectory. So this is his
0: moment. He's like, I've done 20 jobs, but now I'm going to be a javelin Olympiad. And he throws the spike and he knows geometry because he used to do geometry. (laughs) And it goes right into the window.
3: Okay. Any advance on... That's just what I was
2: thinking.
0: Exactly. How could you advance
3: on that? No, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. I've got loads of ideas. Number one, (laughs) he pretends to lend him a tampon, but like, you know, like up his sleeve. So he like, they shake hands and then he like gets the tampon, Um, you know, like at school. Or like number two, he just like throws it. Number three, they distract the guards. Number four, he pretends to fight the priest. (laughs)
0: Katie. <laughs> Katie's Oh, maybe suggestion. you get priest visits, yeah, and he hands it on the visit. Okay, that's way better. <laughs> that oh, a... With the tampon
1: handshake, so it's like, it's a collaborative effort, Katie, to solve <laughs> crime. That is a really good idea, but what it is, and it's, it seems so obvious, is that he hid it inside a Bible so he cut out the middle mm. of the bible it is shawshank it's all
0: shawshank that is, is this where shawshank? they got it? yeah because they cut out you know the little pickaxe he keeps it in the, his books doesn't he the killer yes. is he doesn't really read the bible
1: he's not a man of god <laughs> uh, i'll tell you right now it's a big twist <laughs> yeah so basically he escapes he escapes and so does the priest um so th- basically, he, he goes away, Casanova goes away, and he does all sorts of stuff. This is when the spying happens because he needs to make money. So he spies for the French. Um, well, there's wars
3: on and everything, isn't there? Everything. Yeah, so he
1: makes a little bit of money.
3: <laughs> there's, all, there's Napoleonic wars, I'm assuming. There's, like, Spain and stuff. <laughs> he spies for the French. Yeah, everybody wants to. How come? To... Wait, he's born in 1725, you said? Mm-hmm so he's now it's now 1745 ish yeah roughly so yeah there's like napoleonic (laughs) wars there's like spain everyone's trying to be like i want my king in sardinia you can't have him in sardinia but you can have sicily there's all like this stuff going on it's It's the best of
0: times
1: it's the worst of times <laughs> it's complicated it's a good time to be a spy you know what? it's um,
3: like the, the Count of Monte Cristo They there's a prison break and they use the old guy in the prison cell next to him but I don't think it was I think the guy just died and then they swapped bodies. Anyway, so also, I continued.
0: I only know that book because of Shawshank
1: Redemption, which
0: is where <laughs> I get most of my cultural I
1: was gonna references. say this is all we know about prisons is from yeah, Shawshank. That's
0: how I learned about
3: opera. It's
0: how I learned about
3: literature. <laughs> it's how I learned about prison reform. Aggie's uh, glass looks enormous. It is. Are you just it is. do you know what who's a bit of a prank?
2: It's fucking massive. And <gasps> oh, do you know what? Even if you fill it a third full, you're still drinking about half a bottle of wine. It's great. <laughs> it looks like you're not oh, nice. putting much in the
1: glass. Actually, it's loads. That
3: sounds <laughs> yes, perfect. It
1: is. I think you are, the, you are the greatest con man of all time. <laughs> You're one of the good ones. We know what a good con man is. It's someone What's with a huge wine glass.
0: I thought it was an optical illusion all this time. Like, Aggie's holding her glass so close to the camera, but it's just it was really, really far fucking away. giant. <laughs> it's just giant. It's just giant
2: glass, yeah.
0: I like it's them a goldfish
2: bowl. I like
0: oh, I respect that hugely
1: anyway casanova (laughs) so yeah so basically casanova he goes back to uh venice after being exiled for 18 years because he broke out of their prison and and basically he was allowed back into the city because he did some spying for um for venice then oh he exonerated himself fine yeah and they sort of also they said the officials were like you can come back in but you've got to tell us how you escaped from the prison which i think is quite funny oh Um, my god yeah, so knowing what we know about Casanova, that he is a ladies' man and he's done all of this stuff and also had so many venereal diseases. We've touched <gasps> on that a little bit earlier. Syphilis, Ooh. smallpox. Like smallpox?
3: <laughs> no, it was rampant. <laughs> it was. Is that a venereal? Gonorrhea? Okay, only. Oh, syphilis, syphilis, yeah, syphilis, and gonorrhea are. Smallpox Nah, it's a plague.
0: I mean, look. I'm up for a challenge, Katie. I'll see where I can get it.
3: I'm so happy we have vaccines <laughs> on my body. fuck you, anyone that doesn't get vaccines. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> Thank you, Katie. So um at the um at the age of 73, Casanova dies, which is very, very old for mm. considering... Italy in the smallpox ages. Yeah. With somebody that's a
3: shagger and has probably had syphilis.
1: I mean it's astonishing, really. Um, any ideas on his last words as we bring this story to a close? I wish I could have come more. <laughs> I mean, if they're not, I'm stealing them for myself. But... <laughs> Taylor? I just
0: have no advance on that.
1: <laughs> um, Aggie, Casanova's last words. Thank God it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? There is something I like about those as last words. It's great. Cause it's... Do you know what he What's said? What's I
0: love anyway. I I had a dick of Venetian glass.
1: (laughs) Um, His last words were, I have lived as a philosopher and I die as a Christian. Oh, for God's sake. Oh,
3: get off it. Yeah. You're like, who do you think you are? Exactly, tosser. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, I like have witches and stuff. No, I'm a Christian now. Why is his reputation
0: so overblown why or in that? a way just kind of undersold like okay he's a shagger but it's like he was actually like a lost soul
3: in yeah. a way i he mean just everyone's, everyone's got ptsd but like yeah why do we remember him <laughs> as that's not a hashtag why do yeah. we remember him as this romantic great well, I lover think it's when actually he's a piece of shit that just like tricked everyone <laughs>
1: Although that said, I would have dated this guy. (laughs) I mean, I think I could could have changed him, I think. This Um, guy wouldn't have dated me.
3: That's how I feel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it would change me. Another
1: blowjob. And I would have been like, you're right. (laughs) And on that note, that brings the end to the story of the Venetian spy Casanova. (laughs) Cheers, everybody. (laughs) Drunk women solving crime. This is from a listener called Katie. And she says, dear drunk women. A friend of mine from uni did his undergrad um, at Strathclyde in Glasgow. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know it? Yes. So very hungover one Thursday, he went from his flat through an alleyway to the fish and chip shop along the road. As he walked Mm. back, two burly Glaswegians stopped him and demanded his phone and wallet. The hungover mess he was had neither. On telling the muggers this, they instead took his fish and chips. (gasps) Please help us find (laughs) these men. Um, What happened here? Uh, that's so. just
0: cruel. There's desperation and you need to steal and then there's just, I'm going to fuck you over and that's taking your fish and chips. And we
2: all know that Scotland has the best fish and chips. It does. This is the worst crime we've so, ever had. And it's not called fish and chips, it's a fish, a fish supper. Fish supper.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, stole his fish supper. A fish supper. <laughs> well, I mean, I do think this, this is particularly from like a hungover guy as well that's not fair is it
3: there's a level of cruelty that he was hung over <laughs> it's um, like
0: a violent prank
3: everything's always connected on this podcast but, and this feels like you know these people were just trying to save face they wanted to get phones and wallets they couldn't get them they were like wow well, you have to suffer otherwise we look weak we're having your fish supper <laughs>
1: Right yeah they have to come away with something I yeah suppose. They
3: probably didn't even eat them. that's the tragedy. They had a couple of chips and then chucked it but they were like, haha, he's crying now. Aggie, you probably know who this is.
0: Between, <laughs> possibly, probably, between the Scottish probably lineage and the Mi Six, yes, yeah. Are you still? I mean, do you still have clearance? Have you still got a log
2: on? We we could figure this out right now. I think now. we probably could, but I'm, I might have to keep keep Stu on this. I think I probably know the perpetrators and the victim. So. Um... <laughs> Because there's not that many people <laughs> in Scotland, so um, <laughs>
1: I'd probably have a good old chat with all sides. Do you know what? I think that's a really nice way to end this podcast. <laughs> that's yeah. that we're going to do, yeah, we're going <laughs> to help the victim. <laughs> it's
3: kind of like Aggie's the mafia and just kind of like mediating <laughs> instead of the police.
1: Yeah,
0: totally. but you know she'll decapitate, like decapitate <gasps> any one of us. That she has <gasps> but to.
3: no, because she like <laughs> you need her um, protection, and you go to her yeah. if you have a problem. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Although, Aggie, what are you having for your tea now? Well... Was it fish and chips? I have no idea. It's been cooked downstairs. It's not a very good cook. (laughs) (laughs) Aggie, so tell us where people can find you. Can we follow you on Twitter? What are you up to? What's next? Oh,
2: gosh, yeah. I am on Twitter. Uh, Oh, the other thing about me is... Did you know this, ladies? I teach yoga. Oh, Oh, yeah, I do. And that's the thing that I absolutely love doing. Can I say a million times more than cleaning... Oh God, I'm so over the cleaning. <laughs> Jesus, don't, say I, I can, it. I can give you any cleaning yes. tips you want. I know it all. But oh my God, I just love teaching yoga, and it's I do it every day, and it's really, really nice. So um, you can uh, yeah find actually there's also AggiesTips.com. I don't know. There's loads of stuff. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
3: We, yeah. well, you're, Aggie Yoga, will find you, right?
2: Do you know what? I'm absolutely shit at Instagram. My friend keeps saying, "Get on," and I'm like, oh, "Oh God, please don't make me." Actually, if you look at Twitter, and if anyone wants to get in touch with me via Twitter, then they can come onto the yoga thing as
1: well. Via that, yeah. Thank you very much for joining us, Aggie McKenzie. Yeah, thanks, Aggie. Thank you. How sold is your crime? Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts and if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve then write it in a review and we'll solve it. Thank you to Acast and thank you for listening.